Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Hello, family brand family. I don't usually say family, but I'm like, I should start calling you family brand family. Today I have with me a guest, Allison Caffrey. Thank you, Allison, for coming onto the podcast today. I'm really excited to talk with you. Thanks, Melissa. I am so excited to be here. I really appreciate you having me. Yes. Okay, so Allison, we've known Allison for many years. You and Chris probably met initially, I don't know, at least six or seven years ago. And Allison is a genius when it comes to operations. In business specifically, and she has a new book that I really wanted to have her come on and speak about. But before we get into that, Allison, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. I'm Allison Caffrey. I am an operations strategist and um, a founder of a business called Operations Agency. We help kind of defrictionalize uh, things behind the scenes for founders and their teams so that they can unleash the power of just what they're capable of, right? A lot of us have big dreams that we want to accomplish. And a lot of times the unsexy piece of accomplishing those dreams, like creating systems and processes, tend to get overlooked by all the shiny object things that we can do to run and grow our business and all the different things that we have our hands in. Uh, So I help, uh, you know, kind of really bring peace to the goals that that folks have for their businesses and for their life and, and really start to think through what repeatable things we can lean on in times of struggle and in times of really, really great success and really great growth um, to make things a little bit more predictable. Yes. And I have to laugh. So we're going to be on Allison's podcast here in a month or so. We're going to record an episode. And then, of course, she's on my podcast today. It really does make me laugh as I'm comparing my uh, system <laughs> of having her come on the podcast, which is basically just emails back and forth. And then I actually got the date wrong and I sent her an invite for the wrong date. And then we jump on, you know, prior to recording. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot to get your um, headshot and your bio compared to Allison, where it was all like. It was all just like in a form online that you, that you fill out. <laughs> and it was all just handled behind the scenes. I'm like, I need more of you in my life, clearly. Like I said, zero judgment from me. And also, it's just like, you know, when you, uh, you know, have a project in your house or something and you're always like seeing all the imperfections. And when you have guests over, you assume that they see all of the things that you see and they don't, right? It's really for our own peace of mind to clean things up. Paint the baseboards. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So... That's you, like business, Allison. Tell us too about just, I know you have two kids. Tell us a little bit about your personal Allison, I guess, too. Yeah. So um, I am a mom of two little boys. So Frank will be three in a couple months, which is like so mind blowing. And my youngest son, Jack, he is 14 months right now. So we've got like all the things, all the nap times and the bustling schedule and running back and forth and it takes 25 minutes for us to get in the car or leave anywhere. <laughs> it's like oh really, um, really exciting, <laughs> but also at times just like very full of friction. My husband and I, we just uh, purchased another home here in uh, Pennsylvania. So we just moved from Nashville over to Eastern PA with our little fam. And it's just been so much fun to be closer to our family. Um, so that's like 
kind of where we are in the world and what's going on with our kiddos at home. Um, my husband is actually back in school at the current moment. Um, he's at an agricultural school learning regenerative farming practices. So he does that full time. And so our home is just like covered in plants and we spend lots of time outside, like picking up sticks, cleaning the yard, tending to the garden, doing all the, all the fun stuff. That is sounds like a very beautiful life for you and for little boys. And I think that my 15 year old Tate, he thinks at this moment that he wants to go into, um, it just sounds so random, but he's wants to study um how to grow different kinds of peppers like he wants to go to college mm. to learn how to breed peppers <laughs> and i'm like oh he would love what what your husband is doing that's really cool yeah so actually we we are very new to the the agriculture industry overall and there's lots of universities actually that pipe in like biology and things around plants so i'm sure he's gonna find that it is vast like we did. I mean, we always thought that there were like, you know, you either go to work at Purdue Chicken or <laughs> you can like own your own farm. But there is so much in between. Um, he's with folks in his classes that do landscape design all day, which seems to me also so zen and peaceful. You get to like decide where like rose bushes are planted and fun things like that. That is cool. And I think that that's such a a gift to like, I don't know, just to have that outside. I just met with someone um, the other day. I'm just trying to be the healthiest version of myself as possible. But the one I met with, she's like, I think you could use more grounding, like more being mm. outside, barefoot. And I was like, yeah, I could. I think I could benefit. <laughs> Couldn't we all, though? <laughs> totally. Okay. I'd love to talk more about your book that you have coming out. Tell us a little bit about it. It's called The Sabbatical Method. Yeah, totally. So I think before we press record, we were kind of like shooting the breeze a little bit about just the next phase of owning business and all the things. And when I had my first son, Frank, so almost three years ago at this point, my business looked really different. And I was in a position where I was kind of all things to everybody. I refer to this period of my life as the sweaty generalist of operations, right? I would kind of take on lots of projects. We would do lots of different things. And I was just constantly solving problems that were kind of different in scope, you know, pretty consistently. And when I had Frank, there was this photo of me um, that was taken. It was he and I, you know, on the hospital bed. And I was a fresh new mom. My hair was still crazy. We had like just moved into the new room and we were just so happy. And then the next moment that came was me checking my email and answering my Slack messages for my team. And of course, like we don't document like those moments. But I remember after I'd put my, put my phone down, I was like, Man, I felt like a crappy mom, honestly. I was just like, I'm starting off this brand new relationship, the most important moment perhaps in my life up to this point. And I'm just like pulled into what's going on in my business. And I think I made a lot of excuses for myself at the time because I was like, oh, well, my business is me and I'm really passionate about it. And it makes me feel more like myself in these like challenging like postpartum moments, um, you know, just after having your first kiddo. And really, when I started to pause and think about, okay, what does my business now need to look like? Because I am fundamentally different in my personal life, right? And I don't think I was really able to assess the weight of that difference until I actually had my second son. So I kind of sat in limbo for a little while and I was like, okay, here's how we do this, right? If my life needs to look a little bit different, right? I need to be present for more things. I need to be able to, you know, have the income freedom and the time freedom that I really want. What do I need to make true about my business? And so I really 
first of all, was confronted because I'm the systems person, right? I was like, oh, I totally need more systems in my business. And so that felt really confronting. But then I started thinking, well, what if I actually strategically implemented these periods of rest or these periods of let's get me out of the business for a second and see what breaks or see who thrives or see what other opportunities come out or see who really steps up, right? And I think we as owners, right, we kind of just put our heads down and we charge kind of at the dream that we have. And then we really only pick our head up when we're at the top, we're at the summit and we want to celebrate, right? But we spend most of the time on the path. And I think if we create some systems that can support our life and really use rest or implementing that rest to really assess what's going on at the different stages of who we're becoming, I think it's really impactful. It has been for me and it has been for my clients who I've worked through this process. Give me an example. Like if I were listening and maybe didn't have a business per se, and even where I'm at in my business right now, I don't require a ton of systems. Would you give me an example of um, a system you've seen implemented that really moved the needle like for a business owner? Just an example of what that looked like. Yeah, totally. Um, So one of the biggest ones I personally see with service businesses is an onboarding process. I mean, super, super simple, right? You get a new client, you want to be able to close business uninhibitedly and like actually serve more people with the solution that you're offering. And the onboarding process is just that next step, right? It's that administrative thing where sometimes you may even be going into, you know, a prospecting conversation fearful, right, of closing because you know like all the things that are about to happen on the back end. So I would say a frictionless onboarding process is wonderful for you to just show up and be present where you are speaking with somebody who may need the help that you offer, knowing that everything's short up behind the scenes. And it starts a relationship off on such a beautiful level from a client perspective, right? You have probably been in a situation where you've purchased something and like you didn't immediately receive an email or a confirmation and you're wondering, like, did they get that thing that I sent? And like, I paid the money and all those things, right? And so that's kind of what it really does start off the, the relationship really beautifully. And so even something as simple as that, right, just kind of taking a time to put together a checklist of all the things that need to happen. And then that way, right, when you're ready to pass it off, right, if you're not in a position where you have team members right now, if you're solopreneuring it up, like that's 100% great. Um, and just to start to build that muscle in the business, because I think something that I've recognized, especially as we start to consider how closely intertwined our personal life and our business life actually is if we're running a business, especially if we're running it on our own or we're running something as a side hustle, we're doing some freelancing on the side, however that needs to work, you know, the personal development side of things is really, really important, but also the business development side of things. And just like, right, we want to fill our body with healthy foods. We want to drink lots of water. We want to sleep. We need to move. We need to exercise, right? Our business also needs those fundamental things. And rest is such a huge component of physical health. And my opinion is, is our business needs those times of rest to be able to, you know, basically function at peak performance later on. Mm, That's interesting. What would like a time of rest in a business. Let's explore that a little bit more. Like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So the sabbatical method basically is two things, right? It's a kind of a reset, right? If if you're like, well, I'm just going crazy. I'm about to hit a wall, right? A lot of times when we talk about sabbaticals, we think of one of two things. The first is kind of this Parisian long six-month sabbatical in the South of France, only accessible by, you know, high-powered executives and CEOs of Fortune Mm -hmm. 50 companies, right? We're like, oh, we could never do that. It implies resources. It implies lots and lots of money, lots and lots of people. Um, And the other thing that I usually, you know, encounter when I talk about sabbatical is someone will think, oh, well, it was forced or I was voluntold because I hit that wall, right? I'm physically unable or incapable 
of doing my job or I've had some sort of like mental or physical breakdown where I really, really just can't emotionally show up to my work or to my family or whatever it is. Right. And I want to try to challenge that, you know, we can kind of find a, a good middle ground to really access this. So this could look like and I talk about kind of three different levels in the book is the first could just be, you know, taking the, the personality of the assister. Right. So if you have a team inside of your business or even if you're working on all of the things, managing them in your home and with your family, you can start to tee those up for others to help you get the result. So instead of saying, well, I'm going to schedule, uh, you know, the, the cleaning you know, crew to come into the house today. Right. Instead, I'm going to ask somebody else to do that thing for me or a portion of that thing for me. Um, a lot of personality around assisting, right? You can start to pull into more of a leadership position, right? If you start to say, actually, if I can lead you through getting this result, right? It allows you to show up a little bit differently inside of your business as well. So even just taking on that personality accesses a little bit of rest because you're no longer really doing the doing. You're just doing the assisting, right? You're kind of coaching them through the process instead of actually doing it. And now you can work yourself all the way up at this point to a full-on sabbatical, right, where you're taking perhaps the summer off with the kids. And it really just does depend on how you want your business to serve your life and how you want to structure your life around, you know, your business. Yeah, and I think that that's important that, you know, you've kind of been mentioning, you know, through our conversation here is like, that's ultimately the reason why you created this was because you did want more freedom around your family and to be able to be there, you know, for the moments that you wanted to. Um, so, yeah, I, th I love you know, just a reminder to anyone listening, like that's ultimately like why is because you do you do want to be there for your family for those important things, important moments for the people that matter most to you in your life. Absolutely. And not only just be there in physical, right, but be there in the mental. I know so many entrepreneurs and so many parents who have other things that they're juggling outside of their families and they're just not mentally present. And could you imagine a situation where you have something so documented and a system so dialed in that you can kind of walk away and be like, I'm going to go tend to my sick child or I'm going to play hooky and go take my kids for ice cream at three o'clock in the afternoon, right? Having that agency over your life and the certainty that you aren't the bottleneck preventing not only folks from not getting results, but then your team feels like, you know, you're leaving them in the lurch. Yeah. You just don't want to let anybody down. Right. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of founders and just a lot of folks in general, they they don't want to let people down. And so what they do is they don't feel like they can access this, you know, someone else can get the results or I can create a system for this. They want to be tethered to the results, right? As professionals, even growing up through the school system, we are taught to make ourselves irreplaceable, right? Or to a company or whatever else. And that is just totally, I think, a fallacy. Like, I don't really think that being irreplaceable in any stretch of the means allows you to have freedom and agency over the choices you want to make. You know, if a business owner is listening to this and is wondering like, okay, I love what Allison is saying. And I, it's maybe waking something up in me that okay, I maybe could like, maybe there is a possibility that I can begin to remove myself a little bit more than I am. Um, where would you say someone should start? Yeah, great question. So first of all, it'll depend on size of your business and your revenue point, but start with your time first and foremost, right? I think taking a clear assessment of where your time is being spent can, it can be like a confronting exercise for sure. And I think 
Um, it'll really give you a solid look at, okay, how much time am I spending with my family? How much time am I spending in my business? And start to take a look at your calendar as well and just say, ask yourself this, the simple question, you know, anytime I've tried to, let's just say, do, you know, normal scheduling practices, like close my computer at 5 p.m. or take a weekend off or scheduled in a vacation with my family, do I feel like my business has crept in on that time? Really, I think it's it's going to be a matter of just taking an assessment of where specifically you're spending your time because that will um, inform how you need to probably approach this, right? If you're in a position where you're a solopreneur and you have lots and lots of ties to your business at this point, you're going to need to just take an assessment of the time and start building that muscle so that when revenue becomes available and when you feel like you're ready to implant that first person or a VA or a fractional person, whatever that is, you feel like you have the systems to back you. Because the number one thing I've seen over the years running operations agency, and we've been serving businesses in this capacity for about five and a half years. And one of the number one things that folks get burned by with hiring is they hire somebody too quickly and they don't build them a system to manage. And they expect them to kind of like build the play while they're playing it. And it's really challenging because there, there really are two separate brains, right? I think of operations in kind of two states, creation and maintenance. And I think a lot of folks ignore the maintenance part and they think about, well, oh, if we just create this shiny new system, um, then it'll just solve all of our problems. Or if we buy this new piece of technology or if we implant this new person, um, those are all just pieces to the puzzle. And we have to start with the founder's time ultimately because that's the only currency that we really can't get back. You work closely with Dan Martell. We had him on the podcast a few months ago. He just wrote a book called Buy Back Your Time. And that it just Excellent book. What you're saying of a, of a place to to begin is to with your time. Yeah, absolutely. It'll tell you the most about the systems that you need to create, especially. And Dan's book is fantastic. Highly recommend that read. I mean, hopefully it's fine that I'm saying this on the podcast, but I know that he's hired you. So he like loves what you provide as well. It's like very mutual between you two. Both. Actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. So another thing that we spoke briefly about before we hit record was what about for the parent who's maybe not running a business? Like, for example, like for the longest time, Chris was running business and I was like running and managing the house. Mm. And I know that I could always benefit from more systems, like to keep the house running smoothly. The more smoothly our house runs, the more smoothly the business runs and yes. just our lives work better, you know? Do you have any suggestions for like systems, like implementing new systems into a home? Yeah, totally. So obviously, first and foremost, I think time is wonderfully important. So take a look at your calendar, where you're spending your time. There's a couple of things that I mean, and I'll just maybe tell my my personal experience first, and then I'll kind of get into some tactics. But so Steve um, is prior military. He got out of the military right before we had our first son. And he took two years off. He was like, I'm going to figure out what I want to do next. And we're going to move and it's going to be great. And he actually like completely redid our house. So he was definitely busy. But his brain was free, right, to think about, you know, what do I want next and all those things. And he was really my source of truth around when I was, you know, in high stress periods of the business and I really needed to be involved. And he had the two boys. It, it was really just great to be able to set up a time to check in with him. So I think even checking in with your spouse, you know, once a week at the very least, if you possibly can, to just be like, how is this going and how involved am I in running things in the business? And also to check in with your spouse, too, because I was coming in. How do I put this? I am definitely the organized one in my home. But then Steve was with the kiddos and I was still handling like the doctor's appointments and all of the other things like that. So I felt like I was kind of doing like one and a half jobs 
And so we were in a position then where I was talking and I was like, hey, I really would love if you could take over some of these specific things. And so he was able to kind of meet me halfway and take over some of the administrative load of running the house, which was really helpful as I could kind of focus on other things. And then we actually have a really hard stop. Like I don't work on Fridays and he knows that that's like my time and my day with the kids. And then he can do, you know, what he is wanting to do, whether it's work on the house or whatever else. So I think even just having that open line of communication between you and your spouse can just provide a constant feedback loop because you guys are both on the same team, right? Yes. At the end of the day, it's it's really, it's about that. And it's about having that communication. So uh, the other thing I will say, so tactically, A, keep a standing meeting on your calendar with your spouse around how things are going and how the house is running and what open to-do items you guys might have. And keep track of those. I have a whiteboard in my kitchen. It has kind of our weekly schedule and it has all of the to-dos and then it has our weekly meals. That's just something that I personally feel like I get in one headspace. I make all the decisions for the week and then I don't have to make any more later on, which is really, really helpful for our family. Really, honestly, the final thing I'll say about this is that, you know, setting up a schedule is really, really important. And I say this because I have two little boys under three, like the schedule is so perfect to have because you can kind of transfer it over to someone else should we need to, right? Should we need someone to come in and watch them for a little while? We have a nanny that comes over. Um, but something I will also encourage is be married to having a schedule, not the schedule, right? So if it constantly is changing and constantly is improving, that's okay. And we don't have to nail it every single day. We just need to really try our best to do the work beforehand before we get into the craziness of dinner time and bedtime and the whole nine. I feel like with me, I am. Well, especially now that my youngest went to kindergarten, it's easy for me to not hold myself to a schedule. And even just our family in general, it seems like every few weeks I'm like, okay, I'm getting on a schedule. I need more <laughs> structure. And then I get on a schedule and then I'm like, it's too structured. I need more freedom. So I think, though, that I could do better to have more structure as opposed to less even though those moments where I feel like no I need more freedom I just don't work my best I don't think we work our best like in those situations when it's all just open-ended even though it sometimes mm -hmm. feels like it would be easier no totally one of my and it's it's such a quick read but discipline equals freedom is such an interesting book Jocko Willink is the author and he talks quite a bit about having a regimen, right? Like having something that you just kind of go through as kind of, you know, automatically as you brush your teeth and use the restroom and like all those things, right? And I think, you know, you can build those things into your life and then be able to feel like you can kind of ebb and flow within them, which is, I think, really helpful. I'm a pretty regimented person, I would say, but I do have time with themes that are open to create whatever I feel like in my calendar. And my calendar, even again, as an ops person, as a systems person, it changes very frequently. I mean, our kids, especially at the ages they are now, their needs just change so much and so quickly. And some days I feel like I've got it all down and I'm like, oh, yeah, this was a really great day. And other days I do the exact same things. And it just feels like it's crazy. It's just so interesting how that goes. And your perspective is just like slightly different and everything just seems a little different. But um, I think the schedule can provide so much freedom and it allows you, like I said before, to collaborate a little bit easier. I can hand my mom the schedule and be like, hey, mom, would you mind taking the kids for the day? Or I can hand the nanny the schedule and the nanny can take the kids for the morning. And, you know, they understand what's going on. And it's all comes from you, right? The leader of the home, the leader of the business, right? You can really confidently lead 
when you can confidently be able to describe the outcomes and, and the flow of information that's coming in. Yeah. I like something that you said earlier too about the first thing you might just set up a standing meeting so that you can keep those lines of communication open between, you know, between both both parents. I have found that, yeah, in my own personal experience, that that's so important. And that sometimes I spoke I spoke to this on the podcast before, but it just feels like when Chris is out there, like in the world doing all the things, I just feel like I don't have like that opportunity. You know, if I'm just at home, it makes a world of difference when we're having like those open lines of communication. Mm -hmm. I'm saying like, I feel like I could really use an afternoon to go do whatever. Or hey, I really feel like I could use a night out with my girlfriends or a date night or whatever it is. But just mm -hmm. keeping those my communication lines open of how you're feeling, how things are going. Because I think otherwise it's easy to, at least for in our experience, it's easy to like build in resentment a little bit of what's mm -hmm. not getting done or, you know, you don't feel like your needs are getting addressed like you would like them to. So I think communication is key, like you're saying. Yeah, totally. And getting it out, having the space, because it's funny. So I, I have a high performance coach. She's wonderful. We have two standing meetings every single month. And some days, honestly, I think about it. I'm like, oh, I have so much to do. I can't really afford to take this hour. I can't really afford to do this. Maybe I should just push the meeting or whatever. But I always go. I always go and I always get on. I'm like, no, I do this. This is what I do. And it almost feels a little therapeutic, right? You're like, I don't know what I want to talk about today. We already talked about my goals or whatever two weeks ago. I feel like I'm hitting them. And then all of a sudden the hour just like whizzes by. And then I feel really refreshed and supported. And I've got all these other unlocks in my life and in my business and all these other things. And I feel like the same is true with the spouse meeting, like our standard meeting. Some days I'm like, oh, I don't know if we need this. And then we'll like really quick zoom through some of the things that we have to tackle. And then all of a sudden we're just shooting the breeze and like the TV's not on. And you know what I'm saying? So you, yeah. I feel like there is time built in to connect also if like everything's going fine. For us with the kids, it's like hard, right? Like we have two little little guys. Little like ones. it's hard yeah. to, honestly, I can't even remember the last time. We actually just went to Indianapolis for like a little getaway. We had a family wedding and we had a, a lunch together, which was like, <laughs> we didn't even know what to do with ourselves. We like ate lunch until we were done. And it was... <laughs> Epic. At least for us. And then it's like, we talk about the kids and how cute they are, the ease of life that they're in. Okay. Last question, maybe about your book is do you have any like big takeaway or big ideas from your book that you think the audience could really benefit from? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, we talked about this, you know, before about, you know, kind of making yourself irreplaceable. I'd like to encourage, um, especially if you're running a business, uh, to, not think that way, right? Um, if you're considering building an asset, which is your business, or if you are raising a family right now, our goal is to create something and support something that can ultimately function without us, right? So and we're, if we're parents, we're in the business of raising adults. If we're business owners, we're in the business of creating something that can function independently of us and be able to fund the things that we want to do and the impact that we want to make in the world. And so if you're asking yourself, can my business function without me? And the answer is no, then you have to kind of reconcile with the fact that you may be building a personal life that can. And ultimately what we're left with, you know, when we come home to our families is, you know, maybe they may not want us around. They may not feel comfortable in our presence. And, you know, this is something that I know that folks need to get figured out, especially if they want to be there for a lot of the most impactful times in their family's life. 
And really, it starts with just kind of confronting some of the ways that we've been working that we're just used to, right? We're used to hustling. We're, we're being told that it takes momentum and it takes all these different things. And while I definitely agree that there are seasons of momentum and hustle, um, there are absolutely necessary rest periods um, to be able to ascend and up level to basically the next phase. And that's, you know, how children are. It's how your household is, right? It's always changing. Your kids are literally different people when they wake up some mornings, right? They have different skills. They know more words. It's out of control. And sometimes, you know, I think about it, you know, and I'm like, you know, my, my business is fairly similar, right? The more people that are involved with it, the more clients we help, the more team members we bring on and leaders that we ascend in the business, right? It can really easily take on kind of a life of its own. And is it going to be something that you're proud to stand next to, right? Or something that you're like, wow, I'm really resentful of, right? This, this thing kind of controls my life. And I think starting with intention and starting with taking some discipline around rest and creating systems and processes is kind of that first place to begin. Yeah. Do you have a recommendation when you say, you know, we go, the business goes through seasons of hustle? Like, what have you seen is a good amount of time? Because I've seen people like, you know, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to work for this amount of time and then, and then I'll look up kind of thing. Do you see a certain amount of time being, is there a length of time that you kind of see over and over as like, don't hustle or, you know, build, be in that build phase longer than this amount of time? Or does it just depend? It surely depends. And, you know, there are levels, right? So like I've actually read quite a bit on um, like 90 minute sprints in terms of like head down focused work that the brain and, and the output that you're giving, right? If you start to do 90 minutes of work and you put your, you know, pen or pencil or computer or close your computer or whatever, then you actually return back to the same activity more excitedly than you would if you did like five hours of work totally to exhaustion, right? So that's actually the practice I used while I was writing my book. I was like, I'm only going to write for 90 minutes from 5 a.m. to 6.30 every single morning. That was when I wrote. And I remember getting up every morning, like almost leaping out of bed to write, like leaping. I was so excited because I literally had the hard stop. The alarm would go off and I'd be like, no, okay, I'm not writing anymore. And then it was almost like I was pumped. I would get in and I'd be like, what am I going to write today? This is so exciting. Um, so I would say try to create those like little windows of time where you almost force yourself to stop, right? And then that will excitedly return you to the next phase of what you're doing, especially if you want to build something that lasts, right? If you're trying to build a habit or you're trying to work on a big project that takes a long runway. I think that that is a really helpful practice. So build it in ahead of time because a lot of times too, we get really emotionally tied to results when we're in the thick of things. The same way we have a schedule, the same way we assess the way that you know our calendar and our time is spent. Definitely build in those bits of rest. Like Lauren on my team, she is so wonderful and I love her very much. She is terrible at taking rest. And I always have to tell her, hey, listen, Lauren, after you're done with this PTO day, can you schedule a PTO day and text me and just like let me know what day that is? I have to like be the forcing function for her. And she's a single mama. So she needs a day off. Yeah. If me funny in the world. So schedule that time in for sure. And just try to see how we can like get really focused periods of time where you can create lots of things and then how you know, we can kind of uh, stop that early and then return excitedly to the uh, to the activity again. Yes. I saw on your website as I was, you know, doing some preparation for this interview is you said that some people, they talk about their business as a, as if it's their baby. Like, I know my my business is my baby. I love this this line. And you're and you pose the question on on your website. But when is your baby like going to grow up? Like, is your baby ever going to become an adolescent or an adult? Do you have any more thoughts to to speak to that? 
Yeah, totally. And I mean, that goes back to what we were just talking about. I mean, that is the ultimate goal, right? Whether we want to build a business that can sustain the life that we want and provide us agency over how we want to spend our time, the decisions we want to make, we need to build something that's an asset and we need it to thrive independently of us. And how, like, honestly, the parallels between running a business and a family, (laughs) like I've only been in this game for like three years. I can just connect so many parallels here. And transparently, when I start to think about this, right, the lines are also really gray in parenting when you're supposed to like let your son or daughter walk to school on their own or like go sleep over a friend's house. I haven't fortunately like had to cross these barriers yet, but I can imagine that they're gray, right? You don't know, like, you know, there's no hard line in the sand that says, no, my kid's ready for this and no, my other isn't. And they're not all the same either. And our business is the same way, right? It's it's a little gray. Like, when should I hire somebody? When should I be, you know, you know, building in another service offering? Or when should I be scaling? Or when should I be going after corporate contracts? Whatever your situation is, the lines are gray, right? And it really just depends on you being able to have the right systems and the right access to the right information to make the right decision at the right time. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we I discuss in the book is having these systems in place so that you feel like you, A, have agency over your life and B, that you have agency over your decision making, right? You can say confidently, like, no, I'm going to stay home with my son today because he's sick and everything's going to be fine on this end of things and we have all of our systems in place. Or I'm going to say, okay, this actually is the right season for us to write our book because everything feels really calm and, and collected on the home front. And we're going to kind of structure our personal life to be able to support this big project internally. And so just being able to make those decisions confidently and understand the full scope of them, I think personally has brought me a lot of peace in my life. Um, and all we can really do is put as much information in front of us or the right amount of information to be able to make the most confident decision possible, both with our business and with our family. Totally. How can people connect with you, work with you, buy your book, et cetera? Yeah, so the book's out. I'm super excited about it. It's available on Amazon and you can find all the information with also links to go purchase the book at operationsagency.com. That has all of my info and, you know, a little bit more about my backstory and a bunch of fun, cool resources. I saw you had a quiz on there. There's a quiz. (laughs) I don't remember exactly, but it's basically like, how can you, can you step away from your business? Is your business... Mm -hmm ready. That seemed like a really cool resource. Yeah. Can your business function without you? It's our signature quiz. And again, like the big question you need to ask yourself, you know, kind of the, I would say the the mission statement or question for the book, right, is can your business function without you? Um, and I think a lot of folks, as they start to assess <laughs> what the answer to that question is, oftentimes it, it can feel a little bit alarming where we are. And I think at the end of the day, in our hearts, we all know, right, where we are, yeah. whether or not we're a little bit more in the family bucket or a little bit more in business bucket. And I think um, ultimately we need to be comfortable with confronting this because it's going to be present for the rest of our lives, right? We're going to have so many different seasons of things. And if we don't build this muscle, then, um, you know, we can't, we, we can't take it in stride and we can't optimize our, our business and our family life. Absolutely. Hey, Allison, thank you so much. I'm personally excited to read your book and I appreciate you coming on and sharing with us your expertise. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah, I had a great time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed 
because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in, in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com, forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.